When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Okay, welcome to the bonus episode of The Wolf and Owl uh, This is a first uh, in, the Wolf, in Wolf and Owl history Because normally, we, well up to this point we've recorded the bonus episodes What are, This fact is not even worth saying out loud But literally one of the most sort of tame facts ever <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts for, no. for Wolf and Owl enthusiasts or completists uh, <laughs> we, This is the first time we're recording the bonus ep on a separate, on a different day yeah. To the main episode as a result of my poor uh, time management Also my Wi-Fi today man is, jeez Yeah, so so you, you know, there's a lot of people out there that sort of think that Tom's quite a, you know, quite a butter wouldn't melt sort of cuddly man. I just heard an absolute fucking tirade. Woe betide anybody that works for BT with this fucking geezer. Honestly, yeah, okay, it okay, okay, rolls me so much. Yeah. Rolls me. Bro. So he logged on to the Zoom, saw his little frozen face, sort of <laughs> crystallised in a sort of gormless. Good- <laughs> Shut up. Good dinosaur type expression. I would tell. Can I just say, Romesh, right? Romesh will all the time be working on his frozen face, so he always looks pretty cool. In fact, I'm, oh, he froze from yeah, he froze for a minute there, and I'm just gonna buzz a little one there. Oh look, my internet's unstable. Look, this is this is ridiculous. My internet's worked all day long, yeah, and now it's pulling my pants down. Yeah, but this is the, to be fair. This is the least important part of your day, isn't it? Because. You've been doing like proper no, no but no, no. I mean, I know we love doing the podcast, but in terms of like big boy business things, 
Like you need. Oh, to we work. did a read through earlier, which you, yeah, I mean, Romesh was sadly missed from the read through. If anyone, by the way, if any of Stuart's scenes aren't amazing during the series of King Gary, that is because Romesh didn't make, make the read through today. He um he cried off. First of all, I didn't cry off. I had something else I'd, I'd work on. Secondly, when I did come in for the rehearsal, not the read through. One of the things that Tom and uh, director James Zafron like to they're very good friends. They've been working together for years and years and years. They know how self-conscious I am. What they like to do is every time I deliver a line, just sort of look at each other and wince a little bit. <laughs> it's, so, it's so counterproductive for sort of self-esteem and confidence or whatever. But sometimes you, it's just like, sometimes, sometimes it's like put a bit of stank on them. We know he's a relaxed character. <laughs> No, but it was good because we, we had a good catch up with the whole cast and um, mm. the BBC about your costumes. So uh, that was good. I've actually been I'm speaking to them separately because I've got... Oh, you, you, don't, no way. No, I'll tell you why. No, I'll tell you why. No, mate. No, let me tell you why because I don't mind sort of being a character, but I've got a fucking brand. Do you know what I mean? And I can't have it undermined. A brand. Listen to you. You, you genuinely think you're John Cena, don't you? For the <laughs> WWE. <laughs> John Senna or Chris Hemsworth, I've got uh, a brand. Um, I, I'm fucking struggling today, bro. I, I, I worked yesterday and uh, we have a roast every Sunday. Do you have a roast? How often are you having a roast dinner? Do you know what, man? Last two weeks, guess what I've had? And I've actually, by the way, I've got to raise this. John. Last two weeks, we've had nut roasts right. instead of roast meat. Okay. Because my, my wife has taken the, she's become a vegetarian. And uh, I put a picture up of a fry up on Saturday morning and I had some. She had that um meatless bacon. Well, I'll give it a try. Which 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 meatless bacon? It was I don't know what it was called. I can't remember now. I mean, I've got to say, you know, can I just it, before it you before me. you carry on? All I'm doing is showing a bit of interest in your fucking story, and, and, and I ask you where'd you get the meatless bacon from, which I assume has got some sort of relevance to the story. Otherwise, you wouldn't have specified it. And you, the way you responded to my question there, oh, well, I don't fucking know why you fucking go on. Tell, tell no, I didn't say no. I didn't swear. Number one, mate. In, in in the scheme of things, for you for for the likes of yourself, the vegans, the vegetarians, meatless bacon wise, you should be glad that I've just had a little try of it. Why? You know what I mean, that's it's not it's, it's not like it's not a, to... it's not a movement. We don't need your support. No, but also, Romis, it's like you going, um, oh, what day did it rain this week? I don't remember. I don't remember shit things. Well, you're to- look, you're telling me a story about your fry up. I'll ask you a detail about the fry up, and you get an answer. Yeah. Right. If you want, here's a scenario of how it happened. Yeah. I'm loading up my plate. I've got a bit of sausage. I've got some beans and I've got some duck heads that have been scrambled. My wife is having some, she said, oh, some extra meatless bacon. Incredible, by the way. This guy, is it during a pandemic, this guy's got duck eggs on the go. Mate, the local baker has them. But we can't name his name. But he does, (laughs) he gets a little, uh, he gets some, yeah. Okay, go on. Backdoor duck eggs. Um, Oh, that sounds absolutely disgusting. (laughs) Backdoor duck eggs. (laughs) My baker gets uh, duck eggs. He says, and they are the best eggs you can get. Okay. They're incredible. All right, go on. So my wife then turns around and she says, I've done a little bit of meatless, extra meatless bacon. Would you like to try it? I then tried it and wasn't that impressed. But let me tell you, there was a lot of of people thought maybe it was liver. Um, So I'm just, yeah, any speculation that there is, I'm saying now it was meatless bacon. But I don't know what brand because I didn't see the packaging. Okay, so um, what the reason I was asking what what brand it was is because Basically, there's a bake, a veggie bacon. Now, veggie bacon in the main is unacceptably bad, right? It, yeah. It's it's absolute shit, right? The majority of it is. I did. I have found one recently that I actually think is quite good, and it's called this. What's it, the brand? It's is called it? this isn't bacon. Right now, 
they're not they're not sponsored i'm not being paid anything by these guys i'm no, not paid to every endorse. time i hear like any vegetarian or vegan brand it always sounds like you've come up with the idea <laughs> of the name um it's really nice it's really nice but the only th- the only thing that makes me slightly nervous is i think that might be because when you said it people think it's liver it doesn't really look like it you wouldn't mistake it for a rasher of bacon this this isn't bacon but it tastes good. do you think that the, the the vegan scientists are just a bit like lacking like the imagination or sort of like they should try harder to make it look like bacon I, no, do you know what I think it is? I think that the thing that people like about bacon, it, and this is my opinion, I'm speaking as a, obviously as a vegan, but the thing that people like about bacon is the fatty kind of chewiness of it, and that's quite difficult. Yeah. That's quite difficult to replicate. Do you know what I, mean? so. I will say this for them: the smell they absolutely nailed. Smelled exactly like I just yeah, it smelled like normal bacon. Right. So credit to them there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. Is it to make vegan food? Do you have to be a vegan? Do you think? Well. Not necessarily, but there's a comedian called Adam Bloom who made the point in one of his stand-up sets that no vegan product can be truly vegan if it's like a meat substitute because in order to figure out if it tastes like the thing, you've got to have tasted the thing. So, you know, if you're making vegan bacon and you're trying to figure out... If if you've knocked up a new vegan bacon product and you're thinking, how do we know how much this tastes like bacon? What's the automatic thing you do? You go and get yourself some bacon and compare it. So that's a job that I wouldn't mind. Like if if there was like an, like if I was to do something on the side as a little bit of extra pocket money, that's something I'd quite enjoy. On the side, what? Just, being a bacon tester? Yeah, no, not just bacon, but all the meats. Just going along to like vegan conferences and stuff and trying them and seeing what people and say, oh, that actually tastes a bit like steak or that's a not quite right there. As it didn't really feel like pork. I would imagine. I, I, I would imagine that if that was your job. You would have to uh, your your descriptions would have to be slightly more in depth than than what you're saying. If that, if you're yeah, if you're but... asking to be paid for your opinions by a company who's researching their product, you go in. Oh, that tastes a bit like pork. I don't think it's going to cut it. Do you? Well, how in depth do you want? They turn around to me and go, "Oh, did that taste like pork, Tom?" And I'll go, "Nah, a little bit. Not really. The texture was not not quite there." Yeah. And, and then and, little... and then they'll go, oh, "Do we pay you by bank transfer, Tom, for your fucking?" incredible insight to help in our company do you i always think it's like a bit like sort of when you're a kid and you used to sort of have, have sort of like a shandy that's what sort of oh. that sort of food's a bit I, like. I, I loved having a shandy as a kid didn't you yeah oh mate it was the best oh. the best it's sad isn't it because like now it's just not the same i've had a couple on a hot summer's day i've had a shandy just remember like that first sort of hit you know they used to do the shandy um sweet bottles as well didn't they yeah, they did. They did. You know, like when you go out, for, you know, when you go out for a drink with your mates and yep. somebody like first drink, a lot of people do this where they go lager top for the first one, right? Uh, no, I've never done that in my life. Loads of people do that though, don't they? You do it, don't you? You have a lager top. I don't. Uh, look, first of all, I don't think I didn't detect the sort of menace in the way that you asked me that question. <laughs> Ready to pounce the wolf's claws out, right? I, I, we all knew, we all sensed that, all right? <laughs> I don't tend to do it, right? But you know, a lot of people on a lot, a lot of blokes I know will go lager top for the first one. Then they'll go. Why? I don't know, mate. I don't know. I don't know if it's like an appetizer thing, like a little hors d'oeuvre for the night or something. But you know, I think the first pint of the night is the best pint you're going to have. It's the best. Yeah. So why ruin it with a little bit of lemonade? I I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. How many pints would you drink? If you were having a casual night out at a pub, 
seven, seven or eight, probably. Eight. For for a chill, like if it was like a few beers after work. You'd have eight pints of lager. Yeah, I think that would probably be, yeah. I mean, I I don't drink as much as I did, but if it was, yeah, if it was like meeting a couple of pals after work, yeah, probably eight. I mean, the day after one of your gigs once, we had a few beers, we had like three or four that day. Yeah, we had four. Yeah. We'd have eight. But you could, yeah. No, no, yeah, but that was literally what we had those in an hour. But that is true, actually. But that's because. And we probably would have had more if that woman didn't kick us out. I mean, that was weird, wasn't it? The two of us just sat in that bar on our own. That was the saddest lock in ever. Oh, fuck me. That was so bleak. <laughs> and also, the other thing is the whole theatre's glass. So anybody driving past would have just seen us two absolute <laughs> fucking losers. <laughs> with, with one light on, with literally one solitary <laughs> light on. Yeah, and a woman just stood there. And do you know furious. what was great? At first, she was really excited that you were staying for a, for a pint. She was genuinely like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, of course you can stay for a pint. <laughs> on the sort of third pint, she was just a bit like, are you yeah. going to stay for many? And yeah. on the fourth, you could really detect, like, this is the last one. Now. Yeah, but, the, but to like, be honest, that was a piss take by us because that is a theatre. And we just got excited because we'd been offered beers. And we start treating it like we're fucking waiting till closing time for this. <laughs> we're getting on a session. I, I, I think I'd, at the hall I'd had about Brawley. three bit. I'd had about three beers, but actually, I think before you came on stage because I was watching you from the back. So yeah, I think I'd had a couple of beers. Yeah, it's that thing you do, isn't it? Because you did this, you did the, you opened, and then what you like yeah. to do is because you had a good gig, you went out to the back and sort of like trying to soak in. I, I know what yeah. you do. I know you do this. That thing where you sort of you, you're sitting quite. You sitting. That's the weaseliest thing you've ever done. You so like weaseled that out. Yeah. You literally, I saw like genuinely, right? That was like Jesse Lingard, or that was like a f- good football player who's just seen an opening behind a centre back who's a little bit static and just fucking zip there. <laughs> My guy, like literally being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you like to just go around there. Because you know what? The saddest thing, and I'm going to be, I'm known up to this, and I've known all of this for a long time. It is true. It's true. Every gig I've ever done with him, I will just do the gig. Where I won't, I'm, I'm like, I will tell him, Romesh, I think you agree. My anxiety before a gig is not another level. Yes, I'm like absolutely crippled by it. Yeah, and you like, don't, and you don't, like and listen, nerves. I'm gonna tell you this now. You don't need to be because you're a fantastic stand up. Anyway, go on. But then afterwards, literally, it is, uh, it all, I just, the relaxation overwhelms me. And then I do, I was at the back of the show and Romesh was knocking it out of the park and I was just sort of people going, oh, well done. Yeah, I was, oh, cheers, thank you. Yeah. So, where's that seat taken? <laughs> it's, it's really good because like, basically Tom and I had been chatting. I said, I'm doing a couple of like, just before I go, like take the tour out on the road proper, I'm going to do a couple, few nights at my local theatre, the Hawthorne Crawley. And uh, I love doing the gigs. And, and the show was, it was, I would say like 75%, 80% there in terms of like me being happy with it. And I thought, let me give it a little run out. And I said to Tom, do you fancy coming down and doing the opening? Like just as a, a laugh to hang out, right? And so Tom was like, yeah. And we had a really good time. And what Tom would do is be really nervous. So I'd turn up, bearing in mind I'm about to go on tour. Tom's just doing this for sort of shits and giggles, really. Do you know what I mean? He's not preparing for a tour or anything. I turn up. After sp- before my gig, I've spent the whole time fucking talking him off a ledge <laughs> about him having to go on and do his 20 minutes. <laughs> And then after he comes off and I've got Greddy for my set, I see this little fucking, him walking around like a dog with two dicks because he's done his bit. <laughs> Shaking all the audience's hand. Do you like that bit? I don't think you do. It was a good time. Right. Like, like, 
Like it's a house party. Like I'm at a wedding. Like it's my wedding and I'm walking around thanking everyone for coming. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Is that your wife? Thank you, love. No, 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 no. It's fine. Thank you. No, no. Yeah. No, no honestly, oh, honestly, Rom's, Rom's, no, go on, Rom's still going. Do you want to go, do? Yeah, no, no, no. Let him do, no, let him do his thing. Buy me a pint. No, no. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, you go and get me a pint and uh, tell her what happens after. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. It was, it was, uh, you, I'm obviously, I'm only joking. It was great. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It, it genuinely was. It, was. it was lovely just being in your wake. All right, listen, we're doing emails. We're supposed to be doing emails. So, um, I, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this out there before we start doing these emails. I've had, a, I've had a big roast dinner today, like just before doing this podcast. Wow. So, okay. I'm, str- I, I, I don't know how sort of, uh, agile I'm going to be. For this episode, or I'll just put in that. I, you, just to say, you know, just a little. Whenever I'm podcasting, I have my dinner after, so I've got jerk chicken that's doing at the moment in the uh, in the oven. What so, is that? Uh, am I supposed yeah. to feel guilty about that? Am I? I'm just saying that's how professionally I am with it. So, okay, just, but I mean, we we are starting 25 minutes late because your Wi-Fi doesn't fucking work properly. I mean, all right, all right. Have, look, there's ifs, buts, and whys and nos. Okay. <laughs> Is anyone? Do you, that was it. If ifs and buts were chips and nuts, is it fruit and nuts? I can't fucking remember. Anyway, <laughs> I've never heard that. Sounds like you said that in front of the class when you were teaching. <laughs> I forgot my work. Oh, if ifs and buts were fruit and nuts, I'll oh, fuck off, mate. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. He's not said if or but there. So even if I was that twat, <laughs> even then, I'm, I'm, you'd be using it wrong with Okay. Have we got some good emails this, this week, Rob? Yeah, we've got some good emails. So, this is from Sarah Vaughan, okay? It says, uh, Dear Rom and Tom, uh, let me start by thanking you for this podcast. It certainly helped me with my lockdown blues. Uh, this is actually the second email I'm sending to you, Rom. I emailed you a couple of years back asking you to bring on more female interviewees and discuss more hip-hop by female artists on Hip Hop Saved My Life. Thanks for listening to my feedback, uh, and I'm looking forward to listening to the newest episode. Well, you've put a... Taking a lot of credit for that yourself there, Sarah. But um, okay, so the next part of the email is, so I have a problem that I think Ron would definitely be able to relate to as it involves self-esteem and Asian families. I'm originally from Japan and I'm half Japanese, but I've now lived in London for almost 16 years. I'm a respectable size 10 to 12 here, but in Japan that translates to an XXXL size. I grew up... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the whistling. It's the it's, it's the saying of the size and then the whistling got me. No, but you know what it is? I actually completely, I'm just, can I just jump in here? Because I'm with uh, Sarah here. Yeah. Because if I go to Italy, I've talked about this before, I think, on it. If you go to Italy and certain, and I'm just digging out the Italians, but I'd say most actually the Mediterranean countries, uh, it's the same thing happens. Mm. You're like, I'm an XXL here. Over there, I'm like a 7X. Yeah. Literally, some people, I've walked into shops and said, oh, have you got this in my size? And people have laughed. Yeah. And then I said, oh, have you got anything I can wear? And they just bring me out like a schmock. You know, like a sort of like big poncho type thing. A schmock? Yeah. The schmock's another name for a poncho. No, a schmock. Yeah. A, a smock is another name for a poncho. A schmock yeah. is you combining smock and the Yiddish word schmuck. <laughs> I just say it like that. Schmock. <laughs> That's how you show it, schmuck. Uh, a schmuck. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, okay. So, Sarah, just first of all, I also relate to this because I actually bought some. I bought some trousers from from Japan, and my size was like 
six XL, like two pornos back to back. Right now, she said she goes on. I grew up not being able to buy a lot of cute clothes or shoes for girls simply because when I was I was too large for them, like a modern day Gulliver in Lilliput. Lilliput. When I go back to the motherland or catch up with relatives online, I'm often subjected to unasked for critique of my size, weight, diet, and questionable lifestyle choices. I'm 34, single and childless. While I love my family, I can't help but be affected by the negative observations. It's definitely caused me to have a warped sense of my own body image and low self-esteem. I'm not hopeful that will change their attitudes, but I was wondering if you had any suggestions on how I can cope better with these comments about, without feeling like an overweight spinster. Thanks for your help in advance. Well, Sarah, thank you for listening to Hip Hop Saved My Life. Thank you for your feedback. We, you're absolutely right. I was being deliberately facetious there. We didn't have enough female guests and now we, you know, we're doing better. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, Tom and I, I think I can speak for both of us, very much relate to this, uh, this issue you've, yes. you've, you've detailed yeah. here. Uh, Tom, do you want to weigh in here? If you excuse the pun. Number one. <laughs> Jesus. There's that pun and your XXL, the porno backward, porno back to back to back pornos. <laughs> um, so Sarah, look, um, I can, I can sympathize here actually, because uh, as a, as a bigger guy myself, I have come into a lot of judgment because of my size, my, you know, my sort of lifestyle. I always, always, I think through most of my family will make comments about how much I drink and eat. So, you know, the size of my stomach, for example, even like not in my height isn't really a thing. So my stomach. So I, th I think the best advice I could give them is if you're happy, fuck them. That would probably be the, the advice I'd give. Yeah. Uh, and and also that, that should be the thing that you're focusing most on. I think so much is put. And also, I will say this. I think that I think everyone needs to get together. All of the clothes brands in the world need to get together. Burberry, massive shout in your face, by the way. And loads of you and get together and go. We're not doing enough for bigger people. We're just not doing it enough. You know how dignifying it is going into a shop and you've saved a lot and you want to go and buy yourself a nice jacket or a nice jumper and you go in and they've got nothing in your size at all. I, I genuinely think it's it's one of... I've, it's happened to me on a number of times in a number of different places and it's one of the most indignifying things that a human being can go through. I genuinely believe that. I think it's horrible. So, um, yeah, I think everyone should get together and there should just be a custom size, a size made for the world globally of like clothing and this is a, so this is what a small is this is what a medium is this is what an xl is this is what a double xl is and this is triple whatever and we go on from there because I, I i think yeah this shit needs to stop bro that's what i'm saying well that's yes uh everything you've said there is uh is great the the the, the only thing i would say is that um is that i just don't think these companies want want to accommodate bigger people you know so the idea that you know, like there's a lot of these designers that I think openly, not openly, but they would just say that they just don't, they want their product to be advertised and they don't think bigger people look good in their clothes. So they don't want bigger people to wear their clothes. So they deliberately, they deliberately go out of their way to basically size you out of their custom. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that that's kind of what they're doing. So it's a difficult one. I, I, I don't think it's right. I think you're absolutely right. But, and it's a massive thing. Do you know what I mean? There are some shops that I know there is no point going into, right? Yeah. And and I'm not, listen, I don't have a great physique, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm outside of normal, like sort of variations. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I don't think I require a specialist. Do you know what I mean? And to, to clothe me, do you know what I mean? But there are certain shops that just don't, you just go, there's no fucking point going in there. Unless I've got some self, some spare self-esteem that I want burning off. 
That's the only reason you'd go in there. Do you know what I mean? Does you get, like? Is it Reese? I think it might be Reese or something. Oh, Reese are awful. Like Re- two fingers up to Reese. Reese, absolutely. Go fuck yourselves twice because yes. the, the, I, I'll never go in that shop now, right? Because every time when you go in there, you see something nice, you like, oh, that looks good, and then you you can't even fucking get it on. Do you know what I mean? No. And also, it's the Reese is one of the ones I've been in. I've picked something out that I think looks nice, and like I've had to go out and go, oh, you yeah, know, have you got this? That is one that, and that there's a smirking kid. Yeah, they know, they know, tape. they know, they love it. I reckon that's one of their highlights of their day is oh, to see someone come yeah. in, some idiot who's got this sort of aspiration of wearing something nice from their shop. You go and watch it. Oh, here we go. Here's one. He thinks he's going to be able to try that jacket on. Look at this absolute prick. <laughs> What's that, this mate? This isn't for you, yeah, what's big that? fella. This well, is the... could I suggest, sir, maybe you buy two of them and stitch them together? That's probably the only way <laughs> it's going to work. Uh, so anyway, that, yeah. I, I think that's an issue. With regards to your family, um, it's a weird one because like, I definitely have hang-ups as a result of how I was brought up. Right? There's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. My mum, and I've talked about this quite openly, my mum is, a, is, a, my mom is one of my heroes, right? She she went through a lot of shit to bring my brother and I up. And I will love her forever for that. And she's a great mum. And uh, But there is no doubt that some of the things she said to me about my physique and stuff like that have left me with hang-ups that last me till now. And my, and I've, I've talked to my mum about this. You know, she'll say to me, you, didn't, you looked a bit fat there. Or do you not think you should lose your belly if you're going to wear something like that? And I'll say to her, why are you saying all this? And my mum's attitude is, and I think this is what, your family, my mum thinks that that honesty will lead to action and, and self-improvement. That's, that's where that's coming from. It's not coming from your family don't want you to make you, they don't want you to feel shit about yourself. They, what they think is, if I say this, they're worried about you because they think how you're living your life is not right for whatever reason. And they're wrong for that. But it's coming from a good place. What you've got to do is tune it out. Do you know what I mean? The truth is they think they're doing the right thing. They're not. So you just got to, you've just got to let it just wash over you. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it absolutely doesn't matter when they say that stuff. So you try and got, you try and get yourself into that mindset is what my advice would be. Look, I think in short, what we're saying is you're amazing, Sarah. Well, we don't, we don't, we, we don't actually, we don't, we don't know that. Do I we? think she's amazing. I think Sarah's an incredible human being. So just keep doing you, Sarah. I think that's what both mine and I think I speak for me and Ron when I say that. Look, I'm sure Sarah's lovely. It's just, it's just you don't know that she's incredible, do you? I don't know. As a betting man, and I like a bet, I'll put 50 quid on her being incredible. Okay. And how would you verify that she's incredible off the back of that bet? What, what, constitu- uh, what, co- what, cons- friends- what constitutes a payout on that bet? Uh, I think we'd probably have to like get an official adjudicator to spend like a day with her. Okay. Like someone, obviously, who wouldn't be me or you, someone who's like an officiator for such things. Um and then just to come back and go, oh, yes, better though, Sarah, she's incredible. She genuinely is like, an amazing person. So, so you got Tom to wins. You go, so, is it, so is this your main job? And you go, no, I, I do this sometimes, but also sometimes I test kind of meat vegan products and uh, give some fairly vague feedback to companies that are trying to improve what they manufacture. <laughs> um, right. Sarah, uh, obviously I was just being deliberately facetious to the wolf. I'm sure you are an incredible person. Of course you are. You listen to and wrote in to the Wolf and Our podcast. Next up, 
this is from, I just need to, Christ, I need to double check that they don't want to be anonymized. Um, she's not said that, but I am going to anonymize her just because of the nature of what she's saying. Okay. So uh, this is from Gemma. Okay. And she starts, yep. hi, Trom. What do you think of that as a... I kind of, that's quite cool. Mm. So if we were characters on Towie, that would be what we're called, wouldn't it? If we were a couple on Towie. Yeah, yeah, or best mates on Towie. Yeah. That would be, be a real swerve down for Towie, wouldn't it? <laughs> if we were the two new sexy guys introduced to Towie. Fucking hell. Like, I know people talk about how... Have you seen those two new... Yeah. Have you seen those two can guys? You, can, you, can you imagine what, what would happen to fucking Twitter and Instagram if we ended up being regulars on Towie? There'd be, there'd be uproar. <laughs> So tragic. They have got everybody them. else so much yeah. younger. Yeah. <laughs> Me and you are trying to be friends with Bobby Norris and the gang. <laughs> I do not watch Towie to see two middle-aged fat men remind me of death. <laughs> <laughs> Why's that guy always in boot cuts? Uh. <laughs> okay. So uh, she continues. Listening, by the way, very, very, very complimentary about you, this email, okay? Listening to Tom's sign-off of what makes you you at 2 a.m. when struggling to sleep motivated me to get in touch. I'm 28 years old and I live in a tiny village in Wales. I don't have many friends, but a partner I adore. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, we have two children aged two and four and I work quite a stressful job, as well as my partner working away from home Monday to Friday with this job based all over England. I've not felt too well recently, and not myself. So I went to the doctor and got some medication, etc. It seems to help. But I would like some advice as to how do I have more patience and kindness? We've been together for 10 years and soon to get married, and I don't want to become the grumpy shit wife who has an issue with everything because I've got no patience. With two successful, I assume, ha-ha, marriages for you guys, I wondered, did you have any hints or tips you could give from the husband point of view as to how I can just chill and let stuff slide a bit more? Fuck knows what I'm thinking anymore, to be honest. Ha-ha. Sorry for this 2am ranting email. Tom's You Make You You got to me. All the best, Jim. Well, uh, well now, Jim, now thank you for getting in touch. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for listening to my words and my advice. Um, I like to think that I throw out many, I don't know, many pearls of wisdom. And if you are someone who's taken those pearls and you've, you're carrying them around your neck, then, then thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, Advice-wise, Right, let's crack on. I'm, I'm, you know, generally, uh, <laughs> um, I'm generally outstanding by that. Yeah. So, uh, um, okay. Um, so Gemma, here we go. Firstly, uh, I think uh, you sound like just in the fact that you even realise that you know that you're not patient and you seem to like give your hard to- yourself a hard time, uh, probably means that you are uh, you you are just generally doing that. You're giving yourself a hard time, and probably unduly so. Um, my biggest thing to say would be this is that men in, in life have no idea how annoying and frustrated they are when you marry them. Like that, that's speaking as someone who's married and, uh, I, my our main amount of arguments that me and my wife have are the fact that, uh, I'm quite inconsiderate and, she, <laughs> or like, I don't do the things that she, like, you know, I don't put things away. Uh, I don't think about jobs that need doing around the house at times I, I yeah and that's not me doing not doing those things because I want to be annoying or I want to be frustrating it's just that my brain isn't wired that way literally I will go to hoover the house and steam the floors and an old ep- episode of Columbo will be on or Dawson's Creek will be on and I'll sit and watch that 
just thinking, oh, actually, I'll do that in 10 minutes. And uh, that I realise now after after nearly 10 years that that actually breeds frustration and contempt. Um, so don't be hard on yourself because he's probably doing things that uh, are annoying you. And I'd guess on the basis that you say that uh, your husband works away a lot, uh, I think you p- people tend to then put a lot of pressure. I know that I, when I work away, this happens, and I said that Robin might agree. People tend to put pressure on the weekends to be these amazingly perfect two days that, uh, that there shouldn't be any arguments and everything, you know, and you're probably spending quite a lot of time working a stressful job, bringing up two kids and then, you know, having to keep, do stuff around the house, I guess. And then when he comes back, whether he's tired um, or, you know, I think you put people tend to put a lot of pressure on those two days. So it's a hard thing to say, um, but it's probably just, just like, we, we, you know, just almost forget the sort of stuff that's making you anxious or making you angry and put that to a sort of back, you know, almost to a back seat. And if, and if he's done saying that annoys you, tell him what he's done that's annoyed you, by the way. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't know about you, Bob. But I have so many arguments where Catherine won't talk to me for like five hours and I don't know what I've done. And then she'll tell me and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, okay, yeah. But if you told me that five hours ago, we wouldn't have had to have this like awful afternoon. So I'd say that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's just don't be too hard on yourself. I guess that's what it is, Jim. Rob? That was excellent. By the way, excellent advice from the Wolf there after a, a sickening uh, intro to before he started talking. But um, in terms of uh, Tom's advice, he is absolutely right. I, I, I think that um, it's difficult for me to advise you really because similar to Tom, I've all, in all of the... I've been with Lisa for almost 12 years, married for 11 and I can think of three occasions in which she's been at fault for arguments we've had. I mean, uh, basically, I'm always wrong. I'm always in the wrong. It's because um, I just don't... I, 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 how I would describe myself in a relationship is um, I expect very little, but I also deliver very little. That is, that's kind of... <laughs> That's so honest. <laughs> and so, like, sometimes, you know, I You're just... like the worst player to sign as a football club, <laughs> wouldn't you? Did we spend 200000 on this guy? Yeah, he expects very little, but, you know, to be honest, he delivers nothing. <laughs> so, but basically, what that means is, like, sometimes I can be accidentally inconsiderate where I sort of do something which wouldn't bother me if it was reversed. And but you have and so I just think it's not a big deal, but it, it is. Do you know what I mean? And so you have to be. You uh, look. The truth is, but it it boils down to kind of empathy. Do you know what I mean? It, it's kind of being able to put yourself in the other person's in the other person's position is ninety nine percent of 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 what you've got to do. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just that thing of going. Well, if somebody if he's done something to piss you off. The the chances are he's not done that to deliberately piss you off. He's done that because he hasn't realised what he's doing. So put yourself in his position. Think what is what has led to him to do this thing that annoys you? Is it because he doesn't know it annoys you? Is it because he's being lazy? Whatever it is, you got to have a chat about it. Do you know what I mean? But what you've got to remember is this is not these things are not being done specifically to fuck you off. Even though that's how you might feel or that's how you might respond to him. Do you know what I mean? So. It's just that thing of being empathetic. There's other basic things like never go to sleep on an argument, all of that kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? And 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 also, and I'll say this actually. I'll, I'll jump in here actually quickly as well. I would say this, Gemma. 
Like, and if you need to pause it at this bit and play it to him, he needs to be reminded that he's got a, an absolute crack on his hands, an absolute legend in yourself, Gemma, uh, on the basis, you know, you are working a, a full-time job. You're working a very stressful job, as you say. You're bringing up two kids in the most extreme amount of circ extreme circumstances. So, Gemma, you are a million carat winner. Okay. Um, I, I, you I missed don't know what, all of that. I, I missed the first half of it because of your Wi-Fi. The you're doing a lot of sort of overblown kind of compliments to people today. Sarah Sarah Vaughan's incredible. Gemma's a million carat winner. What's going on with you? I'm just. You know what? I I think it is. I just feel like spreading some some really heartfelt, you know, go and do it, smash it. Do you, you can do, do you this. worry sometimes? You. Do you worry sometimes that if you if you say that to everybody, it kind of ends up meaning nothing? Does that ever concern no. you? No. no, I think if, you know what. If I was, if we were in a pub right now, I mean, you were having a pint, yeah, and both Sarah and Gemma had come over and spoken to us, to them both, I'd say the same thing. But if someone came over and knocked your drink over, I go, oh mate, don't knock his drink over because he's vulnerable. It's just, um, it's just that like. I don't know how long we've known each other for, but there have been times when I've been really low and you've said to me things like, Romesh, you're an incredible bloke. And I've thought, well, that means a lot. Tom's somebody that knows me uh, more, more than most people. And he's a very considerate, lo lovely bloke. And he's, and he's, he's looked deep in his heart to, to, to tell me that. Little did I realise that I would automatically qualify for that compliment if I sent you an email. Right. What it is is listen. Right. I look at Sarah and I empathise massively where Sarah is at the moment. I've been there, and now I hear from Gemma, who's a massive fan of my work and like has found solace upon my words. Right. I have to reach out and say to uh, Gemma, "Yo, yo, you can do this, mate, because you can do anything." Right. The world is your oyster. Clamp it open and suck back that sweet flesh. Jesus Christ. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so disgusting. <laughs> That's what you do with an oyster. You uh, are you back in the room? Just so you know, guys. Tom and I have got no idea what each other are saying on this fucking oh, podcast. Wi -Fi. Because the Wi-Fi is just dog shit. Um, okay, can you hear me? Can yeah, I'll uh, uh, you, you, pick your voice up again. It's damn Wi-Fi. It's, it's so annoying, this Wi-Fi. My, my apologies. No, you have to apologise. That is not... how you eat an oyster, though. <laughs> okay. It's so rank. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Russ. Now. You remember that we asked uh, Wolf and our listeners if we should do a, a full-on shit episode, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of people have come saying they want that. Now, I, now I don't think we should do this. But I have, I have for that, just in case we decide to, I have put aside yeah. all of the kind of shit-specific e shit emails. You're 50-50 on it. Why, well, go on. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I have a lot of feces-led stories, as you know. Um, uh and so do you. You've got some perlers. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. if I, I, I think we should drip them through, you know, the next 15, 20 episodes. If we do one per episode, it could, I mean, you know, you're opening the door to them. What, do we we become the Scat Brothers or something? All right. Well, look, the reason, the, reason I, the reason I'm mentioning all this, 
Yeah. This this email stood out. Uh, it's, it's shit based. Um, I'm just warning. It's quite a long email. So, well, let's hope to God that you actually hear all of it. Okay. So, this is uh, dear Rom and Tom. I'm Russ, and I'm 38 from the Midlands. Uh, great podcast. Uh, great comradeship you guys exude. My email is in reference to a poo conundrum that I'd love some thoughts on, given each of your varying varying degrees of faecal decorum. Back in 2018, I discovered to my horror that a very good friend of mine willfully took shits in the sea, claiming that it was hygienic as the salt water provided excellent cleanliness and the shit would just shoot out into the deep. No suspicion, no guilt, no wiping. I was staggered by this, as were most people out that day. So much so, they had to take it to social media and so created a poll. Despite an impressive 7% turnout, the verdict was clear. The majority believed it was okay to shit in the ocean. 53% claiming it was okay. Very similar to the Brexit result, this then. I took the result on the chin, but I never got over it. How can any bowel movement end without a wipe? It was too much for me to comprehend. Fast forward to 2020, and this topic still bugged me. I decided to go back to the people and ask the question slightly differently. I don't know. So he's gone for a referendum on this. This time I asked if anyone had ever shit in the sea. A whopping 93% had not. Did I feel vindicated? No, I did not. I thought that some may have been caught short and immediately exited the water to wipe up. That scenario I can accept, but it didn't appear that way from the fight. I'm, I'm getting pretty lost in the fucking numbers here, I'll be honest with you. With the landslide result of 93% of people not taking a dump in the sea, I felt confused. I felt a deep mistrust in how the way language can manipulate results and felt I didn't know where to turn to get this monkey off my back. Maybe it's from being landlocked, from being from landlocked Midlands that I don't understand the multi-use a sea can have. I need some guidance and can think of nowhere better to get that from the wolf and owl. So please clear it up for me if it is indeed okay to willfully poo in the ocean. Please discuss. Give your thoughts and put it to the Wolf and Owl community for a definitive answer. Well, first of all, I'm not putting it to the Wolf and Owl community. You've already you've already had two votes here. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, I guess the basic question here, if we boil it down, Tom, is it okay to shit in the sea? I've, I, I'm with Russ on this. I, I mean, I've never shat in the sea. I will say that. I've come close. I've had a couple of big wet farts in the sea. Um, and I will also agree with his friend that after a wet fart, what I knew was a wet fart, I scrambled to the to the shoreline as quickly as I could and, and found the, the closest latrine. Uh, and, uh, yeah, upon wiping, found that there was nothing there. Um, what an, so what an all... incredibly needless detail that was. What? what? That, that's, that's the moral of the story. Like, yeah, the salt water will wash away all your sins. Why would you not? But, why would you not shit in the ocean? There's enough. There's loads of stuff in there, isn't there? I mean, like, there's loads of animals shitting in the ocean. So why would you not shit in the ocean? I th- well, number one, I think we we shouldn't be add, adding to. I mean, look, there's a whole blue planet about it, mate. You know what about not shitting in the ocean? Well, no. I mean, he was sort of hinting at that at one point. Right. I think you know. I think if I would not want to be there if David Attenborough was at the beach and he saw me shitting in the ocean, so. That would be the worst thing, I think, for me. It would be, I was shitting in the ocean and Attenborough's just sitting there and he sees me doing it. I'd be fucking devastated. So I think a good rule of thumb, actually, is would you do it in front of David Attenborough? That should be what we all think about when we're out and about and we're like, oh, should we shit here or what? Or do you know what I mean? Or should we be sick in this bucket? Or Okay, but, but yeah. just following that logic on, I wouldn't shit on a toilet in front of David Attenborough. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to be in the bathroom with you, is he? He'd probably be outside it, and he'd just, you'd open the door and he'd go, so, thank so, you so, for waiting, so what, so what you've, You're a gentleman so, and a scholar. So what you've just said is, you've got to think about, would you do this in front of David Attenborough? And then, for instances where you wouldn't, you go, but David Attenborough's not going to be here. 
What, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, he's not in the bathroom with you. Like if he's at the beach. Right. Imagine he was at the beach. So you wouldn't steal someone's ice cream, oh, would oh, you? Because oh, oh, it's David Attenborough's. Where, 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 where is he at the beach? He's probably sitting on one of those lifeguard towers. Okay, uh, so, so he's towers. sitting in one of those. He's sitting in one of those lifeguard towers, watching for moral decisions or something, is he? If I yeah. let me tell you this now, if I wanted to shit in the ocean, and David Attenborough was on a lifeguard tower, I would do it. You'd still do it then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't lie. You have gone somewhat down in my estimation. Why? David Attenborough's sitting there on his lifeguard t- tower. And he's looking out and goes, oh, there's rubbish. I like misadventures. He's always funny on TV. Oh, he's pooing in the sea. So all of the Tom, let me good tell you work something. you've done in your life Tom, has Tom, completely been misunderstood. If David Attenborough's on a lifeguard tower and I decide to t- take a shit in the ocean, he will never know. All I'll do is I'll go to the, to the waters like up to my sort of belly or whatever. I'll just po- pull my shorts down around my ass and just curl one out depth charge like a fucking submarine missile. I won't even change my facial expression. Well, well, I will say that for knowing David Attenborough in the fact that I've watched all of his TV shows, he's one of the most perceptive people I've ever seen in my life. So you might think, you be sitting there going, oh, he don't have any idea that I'm doing a poo-poo. And David Attenborough will be sitting there going, oh, there's rubbish having a poo in the sea. Think less of him. I, mean, I just you, think that, look. Okay, is, okay let's follow up then. Would and you... I'll say this, your poo face as well, I can imagine is like quite extreme. <laughs> All right, listen. Here's a question then. Would you piss in the sea? Yes. I've pissed in the sea a million times. Okay. Would you do it if David Attenborough was there? <laughs> well, it's water going into water, isn't it? So it doesn't... It's not the same. <laughs> you, you fucking... Honestly, I'm surprised you haven't got whiplash with that fucking 180. <laughs> no. Right. If David Attenborough was there, I would probably... I would do it and then I'd go up and say, I feel quite disgusted after because you've made all the documentaries about what we should do with the scene, how we should look after it. But yeah, I've had to Can go you, for a wee when I was in there. So, so David Attenborough's sitting up, at, for some reason, he's sitting up in the lifeguard's tower. He sees you fucking walking out the water up towards him. He's just thinking, fucking, fucking hell. I just want to be left alone and have a day at the beach. And when you, and you walk up to him, go, oh, David, I hope you're having a good day, mate. I'm not. Oh, I just can't, honestly, I try to live with myself, but I've got to tell you, I just, I just won't be able to live with myself if I don't tell you this. When I was over there, you see me over there, playing a bit of beach ball with that kid I don't really know. Well, while that I was... kid I don't know. What wind are you throwing there? <laughs> while, I was out in the, while I was out in the ocean, I'm going to be straight up with you. I, I, I did a big old piss in the sea. And I've watched all your shows. I don't know. I know that that goes against all the ethos and the spirit and uh, and uh, and the liberties you've extended to us with regards to what we do with our planet and its oceans. And uh, I just want to take this opportunity to apologise. Is that what, is that how it go down? Yeah, and I'll probably give him a high five and buy him an ice cream after having taken a piss without washing your hands. <laughs> Look, mate. The way I see it is the beach is a weird and it's a conjured place. It's like. Okay, okay, okay. Here's another question for you, right? Because yeah. I, I've pissed in the ocean a lot, right? And I think most yeah, yeah, most yeah. people have, right? Here's my other question. How far away do other people have to be from you in the ocean for you to freely piss? Uh, I'd say between four and eight foot. Foot? Yeah. 
If someone was in within, if someone was yeah, I'd four like... feet away from you, you would piss. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. hell! What? You must have been there. Then you get a funny look, and then someone's like, "Oh, it's like they know because they felt the warmth." Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not as cold as I. Th- oh no. <laughs> How far are you? You're one of those people who's got a fucking swim to a like boy that's I've about got fucking a, mate, half a mile I've, away. I've got to go a fair distance. Yeah, I would say that. How far? Far. I'd swim for a bit, is what I'd say. Tom, can you hear me? Tomo? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can just hear you, mate. It's this fucking internet, boy. So basically, this has been. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the bonus episode of The Wolf and I. Uh, uh, listen, we don't know currently how good or not this is going to be because for most of this podcast, I had no idea what Tom was saying and Tom <laughs> had no idea what I was saying. So listen, let's see what the edit sounds like. We apologise. It is a bonus. So do you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, sorry. It's not the main one. If it was the main one, I'd be absolutely mortified. But yeah. this is a but as it is, he, like, doesn't, you know. he, does, he doesn't give a shit. So uh, we'll be looking into my uh, internet connection for uh, the uh, next main episode. So, uh, yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to piss in the sea. And shit if the mood takes you. What are you doing now? Just doing a picture. Oh, yeah. Go on. Can you do the picture? So thank you so much for uh, listening, people. And bearing, if you've made it this through, this this way, this, this much through, mm. uh, thank you. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.